I'm going to try to have a good mood this week. It's not going to happen, but I'm going to try my best, Raheel, to at least uh, – 2020 sucks. Like, in, I mean, sports, like, I'm blessed to be alive and doing what I'm doing. and But, like, everything, like, from, you know, my, my parents going through COVID right now, that's been a scary week. Uh, which is real life, right? Like sports fairy tale stuff that we talk about on this show, not real life. That's real life. Uh, but, you know, this is a sports slash entertainment show. I mean, for real, like, not a fan of James Harden. I don't think I've been a fan. Like, you've you've known me, not my entire life, but you've known me a, a big chunk of, of my adult life. Have I ever been a big James Harden guy? No, I don't Even think you a, have. No. Ever, right? No. Um, this whole situation is bugging me. The Texans bug me because they're not really relevant, and they're not relevant not just because of wins and losses. Deshaun's relevant, but just as an organization, I think people are just so very apathetic, and they have been for years. Uh, there was a little spike after the, the Bill O'Brien firing, but then I'm getting tagged on nonsense, like, why aren't you guys holding Jack Easter to the fire? Because <sighs> nobody cares. Like, <laughs> is that fair? <laughs> like, I, think, I, think, I think people do care. It's just – not enough of the casual fans know who Jack Easterby is. That That's another issue. Um, sports radio listeners know who Jack Easterby is, but sports radio... Small percentage of people, right? Exactly. It's a very small percentage of people. Trust me. Like, I've worked in that. You worked in it. That is the problem, right? And there's a big story on Sports Illustrated about Jack Easterby, how he rose to power and some of the stuff that happened behind the scenes. We find out that he was one of the main culprits behind the DeAndre Hopkins trade but I think we all talked about that we've talked about it before and now people are just and by people I mean casual sports fans are just finding out about this the national media will start talking about this as well because it was a huge story in Sports Illustrated today so now that conversation is going to happen but we've been having that conversation going back to you've been tagged on tweets saying why aren't you guys talking about this we were talking about Jack Easterby way before. I mean, I think what they're saying is, why aren't we putting Cal McNair and Janice McNair, you know, because we don't get access to them. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's, how do you ask them? Yeah, like, you know, I, I, I'm not John McClain. I don't have 60 years of uh, 50 years of media experience in this market. I can't just text Cal. I just can't. Now, there, there are certain people that I can. I don't have that kind of relationship with Cal. We're very friendly. He always talks to me when he sees me. Great guy. Uh, but I don't I, and also I think the Texans are very much they are very really a lot of the teams here in town uh, Texans and Rockets are a very guarded organization mm-hmm. well, I don't know if anybody's watching right now because I don't know if we're on the app at the moment or people are going to watch it later that's the reality like so we may just be doing a show for ourselves at the moment but um, hopefully if you're watching you can tweet at me because I don't even know the station hasn't alerted me to anything so if you're watching hello uh, he's Raheel. I'm David. We're gonna have Billy Lucci on to talk a little Texas A&M football. That's some of the good things for me. Um, and Texas keeps winning, which I think has been good. But I think that it could turn it could turn into one of the bad things for you if they win out. They beat Tennessee. Unfortunately, the A&M Ole Miss game was postponed, and it's gonna be canceled, right? Because by the time they play that, yeah. it might be too late unless they play it on the SEC championship week. But I haven't heard anything about that. We can ask Lucci about the possibilities of that happening. Um, They don't need any more games, honestly, because it comes down to Ohio State or Texas A&M. Ohio State will finish with six games if the Big Ten Championship goes off, which I think it will against Northwestern. So they'll uh, they'll win six games if they win that game. So now it comes down to do you take the Aggies who have one loss or do you take Ohio State who's six and oh 
and really hasn't gone through a season, right? Because the way Big T- the Big Ten started late. So there's a chance that 2020 could attack once more to your fandom and A&M is out of the CFP and Ohio State gets in. So I wouldn't put it in the good category just well, yet. Let, let me let me just take this in parts, okay? <laughs> Texas keeps winning. Tom Herman stays. That makes me happy for the record. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, that's how, yeah. I don't want Urban Meyer at the University of Texas. I don't think it would happen anyway, but I don't want it to happen. All right. Yeah. You, you guys have too many resources, too good of an institution, too much power. Like, eventually you're going to get it right. I'm just trying to prolong it, right? Just like sure. everybody was saying about AM, prolong it. And I think they may have gotten it right for, with Jimbo, but there are, some, there are some doubts. I understand if I take a step away from AM, why nationally Ohio State gets it over AM. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. if I talk to Billy Lucci, he's going to make the, and I'm, we're going to, there's no if to it. He's going to make the, the case um, why AM should be the team. And I actually get that as well, right? They have uh, the schedule. They have some big wins. So I, I, I understand all of it. But if you take a step back, nationally, you go with reputation, right? And the reputation of AM is not the same as Ohio State. That's just the facts. Yep. If you were to ask, poll people outside of the SEC who they think is a better team, they'd probably take Ohio State, even though they haven't played the amount or the caliber of teams AM has, in my opinion. All that being said, I get it. So the fact that we're in the conversation after I read so many people before the season started and during Vanderbilt um, that, why did AM join the SEC? This is why, bro. All right. We rebuilt Kyle, uh, Kyle Field. We got a Heisman. We had some down years. I That's why we joined for the opportunity yeah. to distinguish yourself, to separate yourself from the pack if it works out or not no i hope that they get a chance for the final four i hope that they have an argument but it the the season at the end of the year even if they lose again they shouldn't it has been a successful season they have proven that they are some some pretty good slayers there um but i do think that they are one of the four best teams but is it going to play out that way who knows like yeah it's like jimbo has said it, it, it just win and let the let the the chips fall where they fall yeah, and, and that's the best way to handle it, right? Because you you start looking at everybody but Alabama, okay? Again, this is everybody but Alabama. You start breaking down their schedules. You start looking at the other teams and what they've accomplished and what your team has accomplished, top 25 wins, top 10 wins, all of that. The resumes across the board aren't that good this year, right? Because it was a weird schedule for every team. There's no outside conference plays. There's no... Uh, there's really nothing that distinguishes those teams, right? Notre Dame, I can pick the, apart their schedule because who did their one big win? Oh, I'm sorry, their best player wasn't there in Trevor Lawrence, and that defense was banged up with Clemson, right? And then with Clemson, if they beat Notre Dame, they are in because of where they are right now. Again, it goes back to perception. They didn't fall that much when they lost to Notre Dame, when usually if a team like that falls, you're pretty much done and you climb your way back in. They didn't have to climb their way back in. They just dropped to number four, so it was all good. Florida, if they jump and if they beat Alabama, they should just get in. That that should be the fair thing, right? You beat the best team in the nation in a title game. You win your conference. You get in, and then you go to Alabama and you go, "Hey, who has Alabama beaten?" Because when a, when they played A and M, that wasn't the same A and M team. They were just two weeks into the season. A and M has an identity now, so it, I can go back and forth with it. It's a weird thing, but you're right. With what you said about Jimbo, just win your games and let it all figure out, right? Let, let's see what happens. Because what if something wild happens? 
What if Alabama beats Florida? So that takes Florida out. What if Notre Dame beats Clemson, right? What if Northwestern beats Ohio State? Who knows? Don't I put yourself think, in a I position. I still think Clemson gets in, though. Don't you think a two-loss Clemson team gets in? Still? Mm-mm. I don't think so. I don't think so, especially if Trevor Lawrence is healthy. I don't think they get in. There's there's no argument to be made. Like, you lost, you lost to the conference opponent that won the conference twice. Like, you don't get in. Sorry. Uh, that's just the way it is. So there's a lot to, to dissect, and we'll talk to Billy Lucha here in a second. But the conversation was, hey, A&M, go play Ohio State this weekend. To me, as a fan, that would be awesome to watch, right? Just seeing two heavyweights go at it for a chance in the playoff. But if I'm A&M, I go, why would I do that? Because if we lose, we're officially out. If we just stand pat, beat Tennessee, and we'll uh, we'll find out about Ole Miss, if that's going to get rescheduled at all, you win those games and you just sit quietly and let's see what happens. There's a better shot you get in. So... Uh, we can talk to Billy Lucci about all that and so much more. Our our friend is joining us for the first time, David. How about that? Yeah, I'm watching him look around like he's perplexed by what's going on on this show. Hello, Billy Lucci. This is not going well. This is not good. This is not good. Can you no hear sound? Can y'all hear me? Yeah. We can hear you. Yes, we can hear you. Okay, I'm gonna Hang message. On. Lu- okay, I'm gonna try t- this. This is really good t- TV. This is probably the best TV we've done all year. He this can't hear what crazy. I'm saying. About your, I tried to do your headphones, Raheel, but now I'm going off of them. Yeah, go off. Go off. There we go. We're going to see go. if. All right. How's that? How We can hear you. Can you hear us now, Luch? This is embarrassing television. This is not. Well, this is not television, though. So you can get away with this. <laughs> yeah, we can do whatever we want. It's, right it's now, fine. I can say anything I want about Luchi. He has no clue what I'm saying. Okay, uh, let me. I'll text him and figure it out. Let me. Let, let me get it going. Yeah. All right. So, and look, we'll, we have a lot. Of, does Lucci have long hair now? Is that what I'm seeing in the background? I think it is. He looks like he looks like um a wrestler. No, no, no. A coach. Which coach does he look like now? Gosh, I can't Don't put a name. Tell me, Rex Ryan's brother. No, it could be. No, no, man. It's a college Ryan's coach. Brother. Man, why am I blanking? Okay, I'll, I'll see it when I, I deal with Lucci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me deal with it. Best television show we've ever done, but it's digital, so we're, <laughs> we'll survive here. And hey, I got a little link for us, so now people can watch us. So good stuff. Okay, I'll, cool, I'll, cool. I'll send it, but I can't do like we can't. I have to like do that kind of stuff when you're talking, and now you're trying to talk to Billy. Yeah, so uh, I texted so, him. So let me set the table for everybody joining us late of what we got on the agenda. We're gonna talk to my dude Luch here in a minute, right? Uh, we're also going to talk to. We're gonna talk. Continue talking about the Easterby stuff. We'll continue talking about the hardened stuff and, and looking forward to, to the weekend rockets getting started. Look, man, you you've said it s- several times. I know you're, you're in favor of that Brooklyn trade. I know you are. I'm mm-hmm. not, uh, no, but I'm not against that either, but I'm more, uh, I'm more against it. Not necessarily for the assets you're getting. Cause I don't want to give, I don't want to celebrate powders. Right. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to empower powders. Right. If I'm the rockets, I am looking for the absolute best deal out there. And if they don't think that's the absolute best deal, don't send him where he wants to go, right? Make them sweeten the pot. Get another team involved. Like, But I wouldn't send James to where he wants to go. In mm-hmm. fact, I'd send him to Siberia. But I don't think they have a, a basketball team anymore, do they? No, Siberia FC is not that good. Football club? They're a soccer yeah, team, they're right? football club. Yes, Siberia FC. That's, what, that's you, what I call them. You think Lucci hears us? If he hears us, I'll... Um, let me see. He he put something in there. Yeah, put go in the sound settings, Luce. You'll you'll figure it out. I can't I hear know. you. 
Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. So with James Harden, yeah, like send him to Sacramento, right? If that's the best package. Again, one of the big things, the reason I keep going back to the Nets is because are are these teams that Harden is putting on his list, the Sixers, the Bucks, um, you've got the Miami Heat, are they willing to play ball with you? That's a that's a huge part. James Harden can request it. Fans can do uh, trades, uh, 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 trade generators online. But if a team is not willing to participate, right, and give you those assets, you're going to have to take something for him or you just let him sit the whole year. Because I could see a situation kind of like what happened with Kawhi in 2016 where he just goes, or 2017, excuse me, where he just sits. He's like, I'm good. You know what? I don't need to play. I'm fine. I'm just going to, I'm just going to hang out and say my, you know, I have issues. I don't trust the the team doctors and you guys trade me if you want. If not, I'm just going to say I'm injured. Right? So there's a situation like that where it's been done before. Now there's other situations where you go back to Anthony Davis, where it was all smoke about, Hey, he's going to the Lakers. He's going to the Lakers. They happen to have all the young assets to make that trade work. I don't know if a lot of teams, a lot of these teams have those assets that everybody wants. Are the Bucks willing to part with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton ASAP to put Harden there? And does Giannis want to play with Harden? Because that's who you're trying to appeal to. You're trying to make sure Giannis is there. With the Sixers, Daryl Morey, according to reports that said, hey, Simmons and Embiid are off the table. So what's the deal that's going to get it done there? You want Tobias Harris? Is that what you want? Is he even there? I don't know. Right. So what's going to come back from the Sixers and then the Heat? They have a nucleus that just went to the finals. Why would they break that up right now? And does Jimmy Butler want to play with James Harden? Because he already said no to Houston before because James Harden was here. Well, I mean, if if you're the Rockets, who from Miami do you want? You want Jimmy Butler? Well, you're not going to get him. You're going to get Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson and a bunch of picks. Is that is that what you want? Like, if that's it, then that's great. But again, does Miami want to part with those guys? I think you part. You definitely part with Tyler Harrow and and a couple of guys if you so. can get James Harden for a year. Yeah, I, don't I think, think so because Miami is all about fit and culture. They're not about they just get superstars with. Let's just make this work. And it's if Jimmy same, Butler, it's still the same management structure, Riley that you know made the 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 mm-hmm. Heatles is still the same. So that if you can add James Harden to that to yeah. what Spolstra does, I think you do it absolutely. I, if you're trading some potential superstars for the most elite or second most elite score in the league, you do it. I think you absolutely do it. But what if Jimmy Butler doesn't want to play with him? What if he looks at it and goes, you know what? This guy doesn't have the attitude. And Jimmy Butler is a guy who just took you to the NBA finals. Yep. Like, what do you value more, right? So it, there's a lot of questions to be answered. There's a lot of what ifs. Let's see if Billy can hear us real quickly. Billy, can you hear us? There is nothing on here that says sound <laughs> on my whole computer. <laughs> <laughs> on this whole screen oh I see, no well, see me squint i see stop <laughs> camera i see camera mic i need a text from raheel or nuno telling me no one uses whatever it is y'all are using right now except everyone leave um, it to my two guys and here i am stranded right. i'll talk for two minutes raheel. just because i can't hear you <laughs> yeah Billy, i'm not listening uh raheel you call him and we'll, next time we do an interview, let's make sure we do this pre-show, not during show. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm about to get an email from management in a moment like, this, guys, you realize this is the big leagues. We're not going to be doing that anymore. All right, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to continue talking about this hardness thing because yes, my biggest issue has always been the way he plays basketball, which is what makes him 
the most unique and special score we've seen in this city ever, right? But I am not a fan of it when it matters. I'm just not. I've never been a fan of it. I, I can go back to when he first got to Houston, the Dwight days, the CP3 days, all of it. I can go back to those moments, and I can tell you right now, I've never been a huge fan of it. It is beautiful to watch when it works. It's amazing to watch when he is just you know doing what he does, right? That is awesome. That being said, I have seen really bad basketball over the years. Now, we've got some buddies that have, have put the blame on uh, Mike D'Antoni, and I understand that. I think Mike, as much as I love Mike, deserves mm-hmm. some blame for making it the James Harden Country Club. I, I, I can I can get down with that. I also think Mike elevated James's status historically because of the way he, he fit. And in, in the NBA, unfortunately, they are the leaders of the show. But um, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want him here because I don't think he's going to win here. That doesn't mean you don't give it another chance. Okay. Kobe wanted to leave the Lakers, right? Green wanted to leave Houston. There's always a way to kind of fix it. I think you've, I don't want to say you're better than you were last year. You have potential to be better than you were last year. You have the potential to be better. I think, I think if, again, it all, it's all about John Wall's history, right? Like, is he going to be injured again? All that. You can't predict that. But if he's healthy, I think with the additions of Christian Wood, with Boogie Cousins, who another guy, he has to be healthy. I think you are better this year with a system as well that promotes ball movement. That is unique. It's a good offensive system. So I think you are better this season. Um, the roster, again, built around who? James Harden. It's all about James, right? So I think you are better. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this and uh, get get the Rockets' opinions again because I have some other thoughts on it as well. We still have to talk about Jack Easterby. But let's now finally bring in Billy Lucci. Are we sure? Think, yes. Uh, he said everything is working and Billy, uh, unmute your mic. That's it. You can hear us now. We just need to. Oh <laughs> now we can't hear him. Oh no! No, but his mic says it's off. This is. I this know. Is... This is. This is awesome. Oh my god! Can you what not unmute him? I thought he was good to go. There he is, <laughs> dude. This is the, like hello. Like this was. I had the this stupid mic plugged in and. Nothing was going on with the ear thing. As soon as I unplugged the mic, everything got normal. So here we are. And I listened to y'all's takes on the Rockets mm-hmm. past week or so. And, and I've just been enjoying listening to a topic that I'm passionate about, but don't try to pretend like I know a whole lot about. I know That's right. I know this. Don't mention Harden and Dream in the same sentence again. Mm-hmm. It heard me when I heard that. Well, uh, Harden has not done anything. Oh, my goodness. This is the worst show we've ever done right and, and, and we love Billy Lucci, but I, I hear the feedback. Do you? No. You there? Yeah, we're here. We're here. Well, I can hear you now. <laughs> Y'all aren't coming in on my mic, on my ear pieces, so. Oh, God. This is going to be so bad. Oh. Do, do, do. I need, a, I need an answer. I need an answer. Let me hear the type. I'll check it. All right. So, part three. Um, and we are going to talk ags. We are going to talk college football. We are going to talk about that. Um, so we're going to we're going to try to figure out. Hello, Billy. The earpieces are in. It says they're working. I can hear y'all. 
Okay, we're good. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's just have a production meeting real quick. But no, let's I mean, just we just we meeting. just do we just do simple Zoom. That's that's my that's all I can do. And otherwise, I have to check with Dalton. And the fact that I even did this on my own, I'm very proud of myself right now. <laughs> there you go. Now we're good. High it point took, in my day. It took six hours, but we finally figured out. Um, okay, let's jump into it then. Let's not waste any more time. Lucci, let's just lay on. out everything with the Aggies. The first question I have for you, is there a chance the Ole Miss game can be rescheduled for the SEC championship week? Yes or no? No. That's uh, that's Tennessee. And to A&M Tennessee that week. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. I, I was hopeful when I started to get a little uh, leery about this about this Ole Miss game. I was kind of going, all right, Vandy's got COVID issues. They didn't play last weekend. Maybe they can't play this weekend. They could have pushed Tennessee up, Ole Miss back. But LSU's playing Florida this weekend. And once they officially announced, which was a week, a week ago tomorrow on Friday, they announced that LSU Ole Miss game. And I was like, gosh, I wish the SEC would have waited because it's almost like once you schedule a home game when teams are only playing five, you can't yank it from them. And that's four to five million dollars uh, per game in a year when teams need the money. So they weren't going to yank it from LSU. They could have said, look, we can pick this game or this game, and this game has more uh, ramifications. So we're going to pick AM Ole Miss. But once they scheduled it, that was that. Luch, uh, I'm, I think I'm in an interesting position because I can kind of understand as a diehard ag and um, uh, obviously a graduate, I, I want A&M in the Final Four. There's no doubt about it. And I think they should be. I, I, I read all your takes and I'm 100% in agreement. I also understand some of the arguments outside just because of history. But should history mm-hmm. play a part in this season? I don't think it should. Absolutely not. I think it's it's ridiculous. Here's what I, I if you want to tell me today, David, that you have Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Alabama ahead of AM, I'm not gonna go crazy and argue with you. Now, I I watch the games and, and Clemson with Trevor Lawrence would be undefeated. And I get that. Their resume isn't that incredible, but if you make them undefeated with a road win at Notre Dame, then all of a sudden it's it's the second best resume in college. I get that one. I get Bama, the knot they put on AM in everyone's head this year. They're the best team. And I think the gap is wider this year than it's ever been. Not ever, but in the last few years for, for Bama. Notre Dame and Ohio State, though. I would everyone's talking about the games Ohio State's not playing. What if they besides pass the eyeball test with Fields and, and those, that off that those receivers? And I get it, it's flashy. But what has their offense done that AM's defense hasn't done? You know, what Florida, well, they look good, that, that Kyle Trask and that offense. How is, you know, AM's offense just doesn't look as flashy? AM's offense has been really, really damn good since they played Florida, since that game, with the exception of LSU. So there's been six games with one exception. AM's defense. Uh, or AM's offense is better than Florida's defense. And you know how I know that? I watched the two units on the field. Mm-hmm. Florida stopped them one time, really, the whole game. I think there was one punt and one fumble. Everything else was scored. No one talks about Florida's defense in this beauty pageant. But to me, David, if Notre Dame loses to Clemson, barring it being a classic, everyone thinks Clemson has to blow them out. 
if they lose to Clemson and you can just watch that game and the committee says, A&M looks, you know, or, you know, Clemson just clearly was better, whether it's 10 points or whether Clemson was better. I watched the whole game. I knew Clemson was better. With Trevor, Notre Dame doesn't beat him. You take a one-loss Notre Dame that didn't win their conference and a one-loss A&M that didn't win their conference, and I challenge anyone, go look at the resumes, and if you think for one second that the committee doesn't understand that the SEC is, is better than the ACC, for example, like a 3-7 and seven LSU is better than a 3-7 and seven Syracuse. A 6-4 and four Auburn is better than a 6-4 and four Virginia Tech this year or something. You can watch football, and that's what they're supposed to be doing. And I believe the one thing the committee or the ESPN people keep missing, David, is they're not even taking a second to go, hey, guys, like you guys host shows. Reese Davis should say, guys, are we undervaluing A&M's chances here? Because clearly the committee thinks more highly of them than we do. Is this something we're overlooking? And whether it be for an Ohio State team that doesn't win the Big Ten, that you know, but now they're in the game, they're going to win it. Let's just make this about Notre Dame for right now. If Notre Dame wins, I think A&M will be in. But they're hyping up Iowa State, who lost to Louisiana, who you know they're they're hyping who has two losses. They're hyping up uh, they're hyping up Notre Dame and, and talking about their chances. If Notre Dame loses. I don't think the committee has done, or the, the talking heads have done a good enough job of saying, A, is A&M is as simple as they're in if Notre Dame wins? And B, what if the Irish lose? When does the pendulum swing in A&M's favor? Is it a loss period? Is it a 10-point game control loss? Is it a blowout from Clemson? What's it going to take? None of them are talking about it. Well, I think because everything, it's all fluid. I, I Everything you're pointing mm-hmm. out is fluid in terms of what happens, right? Because we can say all the what ifs and and have those in our mind, but it ultimately comes down to the human eye, right? Which is unfortunate. Yeah. And this is one of the things I hate about college football, especially in a year where you've got so many deserving teams. Um, you Somebody gets to decide this, right? Which is unfair. Yeah. I don't think it, 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 I would be saying the same thing if Texas was here or Texas A&M. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, but the problem is all these what ifs, we can throw them out there, but we really won't know because all these what ifs have like five other what ifs attached to them, right? Because what if AM goes up to Tennessee and barely wins? What if they win on a game winning field goal, right? Does that yeah. help your resume? Or if they blow out Tennessee, does that help your resume more? But then uh, let's say Ohio State blows out Northwestern. Like there's just too many what ifs. And well, I understand that, which kind of sucks. But I get it. And you're absolutely right. But my thing with, with Herb Street, and and Reese and I and I really mm-hmm. like these guys and I love the job they do. Joey Galloway, not so much. I think he's pretty terrible. Pollock, uh, they sit there and, and 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 these radio people I I listen to and they sit there and they're just like they're not acknowledging the reality, which is where A and M's at. And you're right, there is these what ifs, but that's there's a million and there's there if there's a thousand of them with A and M, there's a million of them with Iowa State. And they're plenty with Notre Dame. There, there were a lot with Ohio State until yesterday when they put yeah. them in the title game. Wait, who's putting Iowa State in there? And there should oh, be no, there should be no Big Twelve chatter about Iowa State or Oklahoma. Yeah. And this is a guy who loves the Big Twelve. I, I my know. Team is Texas. There should be. And no I love chatter. Iowa State. Yeah. I don't think I, no. I don't think Iowa State is that good. 
unfortunately. There's been more talk than, than you think just because I've been man. watching it. And, it, and it, like I, I listened to uh, my man Stanford Steve and the Bear talk. They spent mm-hmm. 10 minutes talking about Iowa State's chances today and, and just kind of gloss over A&M's chances. And, and, and yeah, Raheel, everything, there are all these what-ifs and stuff, but that affects everyone in the race. A&M's what-if, it really is as simple as beat Tennessee – and, and yeah, like don't let it be a, a, a fluky win or you know, but just beat Tennessee because all you need to do is look at where AM has been for the last several weeks, staying ahead of Florida, creeping on Ohio State's tail. People like the people that are talking about it are failing to just acknowledge the reality, which is the committee views AM a lot more favorably than people are talking about. And for the Aggies, if you want to cut through all the BS and all the fun talk, and it's fun. It really is. People thought I was like mad. I'm like, no, I'm arguing. I'm sports debating. It's fun. You cut through all of that. If Notre Dame beats Clemson, AM is almost a certainty to be in. And what better what what more could you ask for if you're the Aggies and you take a big early season loss? And expectations were here, and you're a week away. You, you might then, be a, a one result away from a playoff. What if Florida beats Alabama in the SEC title game? In addition to that, and then Florida jumps you, then AM has no yeah. complaint. Yeah. yeah, they have no complaint, and and I don't. They don't have a complaint with the ACC champ going in. They don't have a complaint, obviously, about Bama. Even if they beat Florida, you nailed it. I mean, Florida should go. Florida should absolutely go. Let's talk big picture regardless. A&M wins out, okay, uh, if they're in the Final Four or not. What does this mean about what Jimbo's been able to do? Because there were some doubters heading into this season. Big picture, what does it mean? Uh, man, there were a lot of doubters not only heading into the season. There were doubters in, in maroon and white in the fan base. There was a lot in the media. Um, I thought it was wild because he started in year, great year one, started one senior in year two, and played four national title contenders four of the five national title contenders um, and lost all of They weren't prepared to win those games. This year, year three, you're expecting that breakthrough. Well, it's happened. Uh, and I think it's really significant. Number three class, number six class, you're about to see them between now and next Wednesday go on a run that pushes this class well into the top 10, probably in that six to, six to eight, six to nine range. So you're going to see three top 10 classes in a row. And then just, you know, you got to look at the landscape too. You know, back when I first started doing this, it was all great. And then all of a sudden, Mac Brown showed up. All of a sudden, Bob Stoops showed up. All of a sudden, Nick Saban showed up. That all happened in a two-year span. Baton Rouge, Austin, Norman. It came down on AM. It took him a long time to recover. Timing is everything too, David. And the timing couldn't be more perfect for AM right now. When you look at what's going on, in Austin and, and what's going on in Baton Rouge, two of AM's primary recruiting rivals here. And, and OU's fine. And hell, we might be talking about AM and OU playing in the Cotton Bowl and settling it on the field. That's very possible. But this in this season, like Raheel said, you know, it's AM being talked about with a week left, not Oklahoma. And so while they haven't come down, A&M at least can stand on even footing because everyone's always wondered, you know, they can't quite get there sometimes with some of these recruits. But I'm going, you got to win on the field first. 
and then you can go because the Aggies they're going to try to step up and fight LSU, Alabama, Texas, um, not Texas, LSU, Alabama, OU, Georgia, Clemson for these recruits, Ohio State. But there's one big difference. We all know what it is. They're not in the conversation that they're in now. So that I think it's an important step for the program. How? Uh, okay, so it, it was as simply as Jimbo just focused on both sides of the trenches, right? Offense and defensive and just getting solid up there because both sides have been awesome. The run game was fantastic in that win against Auburn. The defense has been outstanding for A&M. Is it as simple as just focusing on those two things and then building from the inside out? And how did he get that accomplished? I think you nailed it. And, and of course, I did. That, and that's also, yeah, you did. There's, there's no layups here. You just don't come it. on. Buddy. But I, I think, I think, uh, yeah, it is, it is as simple as that. <laughs> and that. he said that, you know, I said it all along when, when they hired him, he built an sec West powerhouse in Tallahassee. That's the way they played. That's how they won games. And they won a hell of a lot before and in a couple of years after Jameis. Um, and then once they got that, it, it, you know, it went over the top. And I think they're getting close to getting there at the skill spots. I do think they need, you know, that dynamic outside presence. You saw Caleb Chapman, nine for 150 and two touchdowns against Florida. And then he tears his ACL on, on, on the touchdown. They haven't completed a whole lot in the way of, you know, outside, you know, the vertical nine route and, you know, the go route or the deep post. I don't know if they've completed one of those since. And, and credit Jimbo and, and, like you said, Raheel, that running game because everything kind of builds off of that. They got the running game. They got a tight end. Uh, they've got a great back. You know what's wild is you guys were doing this in Houston. I mentioned Caleb Chapman. Jalen Wademeyer, Houston area. I think uh, one, two, three, four of the five starting O linemen, Houston area, or three. I'm sorry, three of the starting five, Houston area. Um, Anaya Smith, Dulles, Isaiah Spiller, Klein Collins. Uh, I mentioned Chapman, Demond Demas, who who hopefully is that future guy at wide receiver that we're talking about, and he hasn't, you know, gotten out there yet. But he, his talent's just off the charts. He's a Houston area kid. And then you look at their two outside receivers, Hez Jones and Chase Lane. So I think eight of the starting 11 on offense are Houston area kids. So it's pretty, that's good. It's pretty cool to watch for like us guys being there. You know, you look at Texas when they won it back in 05, it was all Texas kids yep. and that was a theme and it was an all Texas team. I do think, you know, when they're going in and recruiting Houston this year and especially next, they need to go in and say, look what we're doing with these kids from, from the age. Real quickly, David and Luch, uh, just coming down the wire right now, uh, Texas-Kansas postponed. Or actually, it's a, it's a no contest uh, because of COVID issues in the Texas locker room. So um, Herman will not lose to Kansas like Charlie did uh, once upon a time. Hey, and get ready for the, uh, why don't I even Texas play? Those tweets have already started. I started it. For, well, forget the fact that Texas can't play. It was yeah. the same thing they were doing. Uh, you know, A&M should tee it up against Cincinnati. Oh, they can't play. They, they're actually not playing this weekend because of COVID. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we go. Thanks, Raheel. I started hey. last week. I started last week when I saw your Ohio State stuff, and I was like, man, forget this Ohio State nonsense. It's not going to happen. Texas, wow. Texas A&M. Now, that's not going to happen either, but let me get my social clout at least while I do it. <laughs> Let me ask you this because I've been on my on 
Twitter in the last hour. What's going on? Is did OU cancel a game too, or are they not even playing? Because all of a sudden, in the last like hour, everybody was oh. tweeting at me. Let's I didn't OU see the OU game. news. Let me check. I didn't think they were playing this weekend, to be honest. Hey, Luch, let me ask you some Houston stuff while he looks this up. Uh, you, we started talking a little bit about Harden uh, and and Texas. And just you being a Houston guy, uh, your love for our Houston sports. How would you handle the whole Harden situation if you're if you're running the Rockets? I think I I love watching Harden, and, and there's nothing better than being, you know, at the Toyota Center. I still almost called it the Summit there. That's my Houston <laughs> fandom, but uh, the church now. But I was, I, you know, when you're sitting there, and there's nothing more fun than going and watching him play, and, and you know, you're like, wait, he has 40 points, and we're going in the fourth quarter. I mean, he he's a, he's a maestro out there. He's incredible. But – I think at some point you're like, do you want star players that are going to sell tickets and, and, you know, enhance the brand? Or are you trying to win championships? And I know you have to have both, but how many different iterations of this are they going to try to do and not get out of the Western conference? You know, not, not even, I mean, how many times have they been in the Western conference finals with this whole thing? Is it one? Is it? It's just twice. No, twice. yeah. With twice. James, yeah, 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 twice with yeah, Dwight I mean, and so, three. So, at what point are you gonna, you know, just kind of say, okay, we, we get it. You need the star to win in the NBA, and you need multiple stars, but maybe this isn't the one for us. And I don't know. I, I'd like to see him try it out this year one more time, but only if he only if he's all in on it. I mean, I, I, if he's I'm not, with you, there's no way it's gonna work. They have a legit coach that has a different philosophy from what hasn't worked in terms of winning, right? Um, You were close. You were hamstring away, which, by the way, I highly recommend both of you listen to JJ Reddick's interview with CP3 on the Old Man in the Three podcast. Man, it is great. Like, it made me... It made me really, really upset that James pushed CP3 out of town because CP3 was that guy everything he said the way he broke it down you're like man they could have done something this past year in my opinion if if cp3 was here and he got better and he changed his whole diet he changed his whole workout re- uh, regimen it's so different but um yeah it, it made me really upset last night when i was listening to it and i was like Damn. gosh man we lost cp3 because of james um but steven silas is a is a heck of a hire man he he gets it he's been around the league for 20 years he has a great offense he actually preaches defense. You don't have to bring in a defensive specialist to help compensate right. for your lack of defensive ability like you have to do with Mike D'Antoni. So, man, I, I think I, I think it would work if they'd give it one more try, but I don't think we're going to get there. By the way, OU West Virginia canceled uh, okay, because of the Mountaineers. They had issues with COVID. Okay. There's hey, what it was. OU-Texas rematch? Oh, Let's do OU Texas. Who says no? Well, Texas, because we have COVID issues right now. (laughs) Looch, you know, a lot of famous people, you take pictures with them. They take pictures with you. You guys tweet at each other. Clay Travis is like your buddy. All these guys, right? You're my buddy. I'm friends with you. We're different, right? We're not famous. Houston famous. Something tells me. (laughs) Have you ever come into contact with Jack Easterby? Seems like the kind of guy you've maybe talked to in your life. No, and I was starting to read that that uh, that SI article this morning. I've got some friends in the Texans organization, not just players, but over the years. Um, 
And I was starting to read that article this morning. You saw at the beginning of the deal, you know, I didn't have my contacts in. So I'm like, so it was hard to read. So I needed to do it on my computer and not my phone. So I plan to check that out this afternoon. I've heard a lot about him. Pretty fascinating stuff that, you know, I've, I've heard over the last, it feels like just the last few months, really. I, did, I honestly didn't really know much about him other than I knew he was in the Texans organization. You know, I, I checked out. I go to, I make it to about half their home games every year. You know, I like driving down there and my friends, we got season tickets. I enjoy that. But I checked out of believing in the direction of that thing under O'Brien so long ago. And I don't have to cover them like y'all do. So I know, you know, what I see on Sundays and I know what I read from like you guys and me on, but, but the Easterby thing and the kind of the minutia, like, like what I would know about A&M football or A&M athletics, uh, the Astros, I'm on a different interest level, uh, even the Rockets, but I, I was so, checked out on O'Brien and, and, and that goes back to even back when, when Leckler was playing mm-hmm. and when they let him go for the punter that they cut like the very next year when Shane would have worked for as cheap as he could possibly have worked for. Uh, and there was several other things along the way where I just said, Bill O'Brien, he ain't that dude. I hate the smartest guy in the room. That's why I hate the big 10 conference. Um, and, and he, I felt like he was always smartest guy in the room coach. And I was pretty disgusted by it. And I was a Texans fan. But as far as like keeping up with what was going on in the front office and stuff like that, I was just like, I'm, I'm out on it. And then recently, in the last few months, you know, I've started hearing about this Easter Bee. And, and I'll say this, I haven't been, it, not much of it has been very flattering. And, and when, when O'Brien left, it sounded to me like, uh, you know, there was a pretty divisive force in there and there was a, a, a guy that was trying to kind of, and I've seen that guys, I've seen that at A&M over the, you know, in any organization or teams, whether it's the sport or the department, there's always that I, I was reading the article, right. And that's what kind of brought this up was that SI article and they compare him to a uh, little finger, <laughs> one of the anonymous <laughs> players. And I'm like, I've said that about people. At AM before. Yeah. You know, and I won't say who, but over the years where you watch them, you go, man, this person is just trying to move up the chain at whoever's expense. And you're sitting there watching, going, somehow they're doing it. And and they're leaving just bodies and carnage in their wake, and no one's realizing what they're doing. And maybe I felt like I realized it or whatever, but you, you I think that happens everywhere, uh, unless it's a highly successful organization over a long period of time. You know, you look at like the Pittsburgh Steelers, the uh, Patriots, you know, Spurs, the Patriots, obvious one, yeah. pop in the Spurs. I mean, it, it, it's so, and when things are going good, you never hear about it. So like the Lakers have been on both sides of that, you know, and, and now it's like, oh, it's great. But you go back a few years and you're like, how'd they get to this point? Well, there's somebody that's screwing things up and that's allowed to continue to screw things up. And Magic Johnson. I don't know much. Yeah, yeah. I don't know no, much, but in my opinion, uh, you may have just named him for the Texans. That's just me. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think he'll be there long term, in my opinion. Is it true it's because Deshaun 
Is it true because Deshaun's an ACC quarterback and now you're so SEC you just can't root for him? Is that why? He didn't play in the, <laughs> he didn't play in the SEC. No, Deshaun Watson is an SEC-style quarterback no. for him. Which yeah, he, he beat Alabama. He's got his honorary SEC, uh, <laughs> SEC badge. He's good. It's all good. Hey, Luch, man, we appreciate you as always, man, and I uh, hope to be talking college football playoffs with you soon. Well, by the way, if y'all knew this smack that that I have heard from you talked about me and some of the guys from JJ over the years, the Wisconsin smack, um, you know, ever since he came to the game here, he's just it's been brutal. All I'm gonna say is, where is Wisconsin and Paul Christ now, JJ? I, I mean, like we're we're hearing crickets right now on the Wisconsin front. No cheese curds, no nothing. They were supposed to be a national title contender. I thought maybe AM would meet them in a bowl at some point, and I still can't wait for that day. But Wisconsin, I mean, them, Ohio State, who I think something just exploded outside my house. You know what that is? My stupid neighbor gets dry ice and makes dry ice bombs and in the middle of the day throws them against my house. So my dog will bark and ruin shows like this. So I guess it's time to go, guys. We're, we're gonna have to cut all of this out. Tweet at JJ. And he works. And he works for the Texans. Oh my gosh! Hold on. This wait. is why their organization is where it's at. Wait, is somebody he throwing, Is he I'm the not, guy? I'm not. I'm not ratting him out. Wait, He's why is this guy throwing dry ice bombs at your house? Because I may or may not have left a container of dry ice on his front porch. <laughs> You hear my dog's upset now. Yeah. This is not right. I'm I'm sitting here like plotting how I'm going to get back at him. Oh, His poor kids. God. They think I'm just an awful person. Oh man, we appreciate it. Tell hi, uh, t- say hi to everybody over there at Tech Sags. Man, it's been a while right, since guys. we've seen you. Obviously, but we miss you guys. Rahil, I need to have you on to talk about what's going on in Austin and who you think is going to be coaching the Horns next year. That would be a great discussion. Come on, let's do it. It's interesting. All right. Appreciate y'all. Sorry it took so long. It's all right, man. It was worth it. Thank you, Luch. There he is, Billy Luch, one of our favorites who knows everybody. Uh, he, he's great. So, hey, a couple things uh, to finish the show up. I think we need to kind of examine the Easterby stuff, you and I. By the way, did, I don't know if you noticed, there was a big soccer match Tuesday. I don't know if you watched it. A guy named uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and a guy named Messi. Did, did you watch that game by any Yeah, but, but the star of that match was somebody else. Somebody Weston McKinney, more- baby. Dude, uh, how about this, man? I haven't been this excited about the U.S. men's national team in a long, 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 long time where it was fun, right? Uh, where it's like, okay, they have a decent squad and maybe they can they can get to the knockout stage. Now, everything that happens with this team, by the way, they scored five goals in the first, what was it, 20 half yesterday? Yeah, yeah and, the that, first and that wasn't their A-team, by the way. Their A-team is playing yeah. overseas right now. Everybody, yeah, like it was it, literally everybody else. It was nuts. Um but man, the young talent that is getting the experience and now performing in Champions League is so exciting. It's yeah. so it's so exciting. And then, oh man, that I goal, just can't wait. That that mm-hmm. it, there's a snapshot on Twitter of it, or I've seen it. It should be a poster in every kid's room for the next you know five years. Weston McKinney in the air, uh, and and by the way, um, I know that Ronaldo got the benefit of some some PKs, but. He does deliver in the big matches. He always does. Yeah. So it, he, and, and Messi's had a kind of a rough year. We'll see how that plays out. I'm sure we have a huge soccer contingency right now saying, yes, more soccer. Off yeah. um, as for Easterby, 
I, th- I think I, I just want to make sure that people understand, like, we don't really get access to these dudes, right? Yeah. Um, and, and breaking them down on the news in, the, in my three-minute sportscast isn't really what we do. Like, when we're talking news, we're giving you the news. Uh, sometimes there's a little bit of room for opinion and whatnot, but, like, th- this is worth a conversation. Uh, you're right. We should know about why this guy has – I mean, he's freaking Tony Robbins. From what I've read, he's a motivational speaker who's moved his way up. Does that mean he's not qualified to do what, he, what he's doing? No, absolutely not, right? I was a banker, right? Um, and I and I'm doing television at ABC 13. So I mean, you can you can have other talents and and traits. Sure, I just don't know what it is because we don't really know him. Uh, I've never had the the luxury of having a one on one conversation with him. He might be great for the organization. He might be certain players may love him. He may be a disaster. I find it interesting that he has got all this power, and I don't really know what he's done. Like I still like he's still mm-hmm. a question mark, even though there's been some exposés on him. As for holding them to the fire, I think Lucci hit it on the head, and we talked about it. There's apathy towards this organization. They just want a complete reset, and a complete reset might mean getting rid of him too, but Cal McNair says he's going to be around for a while. The the problem with Jack Easterby could be good for the organization, and, and I'm just nitpicking at what you said. If that was the case, you don't have this many sources, this many different people painting a picture of a guy like this usually really good guys in terms of for the organization right he, he could be a great dude outside of football but i'm just saying for the organization if he was good for him there'd probably be really good stories and really good messaging coming from people will there be a disgruntled player yes but the overwhelming theme in that si story was this guy is not good for the organization that's not just one person usually when that kind of message comes across to uh to authors and writers especially for a story like this like a front cover story it's because multiple people have said this so that's my big concern with jack easterby and and by the way talking about it if people go back on this podcast and listen and you can watch on abc 13 uh on on all the apps across roku apple tv fire stick if you go back and watch old episodes i've talked about it like and and i've said we got to hold him accountable because he was with Bill O'Brien making that DeAndre Hopkins trade, right? right? So why aren't we holding this guy accountable? Why is he getting even more power? So uh, that's why we do this podcast, so we can voice our opinions on the stories we talk about. And let me go ahead and tell you, if you were at all involved in the organization that traded DeAndre Hopkins for 33 cents, then you're not good for the organization. Mm-mm. You cannot be. Like, I'm sorry, I'm going to hold that forever. You should. That, that Like, that that it. And I'm gonna and I and I was one of the few. I think I don't know. I'm sure there's other people. I understand. I still understand why you trade DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not in favor of it, but I understand the philosophy behind it. You don't need to spend that kind of money on a wide receiver if you're going to extend this guy. You're going to extend that guy. You want to keep Deshaun long term. All those things in the grand scheme of things, I understand. I disagree, but I understand that rationale. Except if you spend that same kind of money on the spare parts that you brought in, then it makes absolutely no freaking sense. So if you are in the room and you're like, hey, Bill, I think it's a great idea, then you suck, right? You, there's nothing you can tell me that that was the best deal. You know what you do? You don't trade him. Yep. And you just wait. Or, or you extend the dude. You give him what he wants. You don't trade him. Like David Johnson, I've told you this before. He'd be a great guy to have over for barbecue. Like, nice. I like him. And I don't, I don't want him to be my starting running back at the expense of DeAndre Hopkins. But fine. But if you allow that trade, then you absolutely don't watch the freaking game. You don't and understand that, it. 
And not only that, but just a couple of weeks later, Stefan Diggs, who is a top five wide receiver, gets traded for way more value than what you got back. So, like, you set the market, and then the market was like, no, 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 no. That was not the right setting of the market. Let's correct this and, and give the right value back. And the Bills did that for Stefan Diggs. That makes it even more annoying and frustrating as a fan. Because if they could have said, look, that was the market, that was the market, and no other trade happened, you go, okay, maybe that was the market, right? It truly was the market. But they get called on their on their their excuse, right? Like, that was the market. No, Stefan Diggs was the market, and you guys got ripped off. That's how it is. And you may have gotten ripped off because people knew they could rip you off. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, Rafael Stone has played this Harden thing so far perfectly. I didn't know much about him. And I had my doubts when he took over because I had heard, you know, he really wasn't a basketball ops guy. He kind of worked his way up. So far, his business sense has been right on. Now, from what we know, right? I cannot say the same thing about Bill. I can't. I cannot. Um, and Bill's moved on. And there are still stains of that. They're going to hurt this organization for years to come. Yep. The new, the new GM, whoever it may be, maybe if he would have traded Hop. There would be some value. Now, I don't like the way Hop has handled it. Like, just move on, right? And I don't think he <laughs> tweeted at the Texans recently or subtweeted. But I get it. You, you're looking for your edge, whatever it needs to get you in the right zone. But if you're involved in that deal, you don't know what you're doing. And if Easterby thought it was a good idea, or if he didn't speak up, like, can you imagine we're in that we're in the room? Okay, let's let's get in the room with some ABC 13. Um, not ABC 13. Let's sports legends. Okay, we're talking to John Granado, Lance. Um, Ken Hoffman and whomever, Rich Lord. Let's throw Rich in there, okay? And they're bringing up trading Raheel Ramzanali. I'm going to speak up and be like, you guys, I wouldn't cut your most talented guy. That'd be dumb. Like, it would be like, maybe I wouldn't speak up in front of those guys, no, but I think I, you I should. <laughs> no, but if you had that much power, if you were the, if you were best friends, right, or perceived best friends to the most powerful guy in the organization, you would say something. You would voice your opinion for or against that move. And you would be asked about it as well. But is and that what a little problem. finger would do, though? A little finger does whatever it takes to move up. But Maybe that's what he moved up. He moved up and had that power. He allowed him to. No, he has more power now, though. Think about mm -hmm. it. So Bill's gone. Okay. It is Jack who's holding the stick right now, right? He's, he's swinging yeah. away. Um, you do whatever it is to have him self-destruct and... The DeAndre trade slash the start to the season was a self-destruction. And now who's got all the power? Jack, Jack Easterby. What a story. Okay. Hey, on I, that. Hope, I hope to, to meet him one day and like chit chat. Like I'd, I'd like to know, like, yeah. um, actually, I'm not, yeah. really I'm, I'm not really. I mean, he's just gonna make me feel bad. He's gonna be like, Hey, you know, you could be doing a lot more with your life, right? I want to motivate you right now. Where, what are you doing? Give me your five-step plan right now. And I'm like, I don't want to do this right now. I, I don't right want to do this. Clean my dishes, write this story. For yeah. Hey, uh, so let me, I, I got to work now. Um, let me promote the story I'm working on today. So I'm, I'm doing a story. So you remember that Sarah Fisher story? Uh, is it Sarah Fisher? So I'm sorry, Sarah Fuller. Excuse me, Sarah Fuller, the kicker from Vanderbilt. Yes, right? yeah. From a couple weeks ago, broke the mm -hmm. uh, college football gender barrier, kicked in the game. So Houston's got his very own. Channel View has a kicker who's on the soccer team, female soccer team. And uh, this year, she tried out for the for the football team. She started off as their um, as their onside kicker, and she has now found her way 
uh, that the starting kicker got hurt. She's been kicking and she's like 24 out of her last 24 extra points. She's nailed like two or three onside kicks. She's been fantastic. So I'm, I'm doing a story on her and I'm really looking forward to doing it. Um, it's, 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 it's just a different type of story that we haven't done in a while. And, you know, we've got our very own little sensation right here. That's really cool. I can't wait to watch it. Cambri Catalano. I say it with an accent. You, you don't have to of say course it. Of course not. I would say it's totally different. Just say, how would you say it? <laughs> say it again. Cambri Catalano. Um, I, I don't need, I can't, I can't even like get the spelling. Cambry, okay. There it is. You said it for me. By the way, I'm going to end the show with this question to you. Okay. Who's been the hardest working person in 2020? I mean, you're looking at them right now. I'm looking at myself. I'm not ending. No, no, no. You're looking at me. <laughs> Somebody who's working harder than you. Do you know who it is? Who? Bob Bunny. No, he put out. So that's three albums. Three albums. Year? Three Bad albums Bunny. in 2020. All number one. The number one song in the world right now is a Bad Bunny song. In the world, uh, Billboard, you name it. He is dominating. And I just want to make sure that if you're not a Latin music listener, somebody is because he's number one in the world right now. Dominating. Yeah, Look at iTunes, number one. All Bad Bunny songs. That's that's awesome. Good, man. That's that's awesome to hear because now it's just showing that people are accessing and listening to different types of music and not just the same old stuff, which is good for Bad Bunny. Jay Balvin just dropped Jordan uh, collaboration shoes that sold great. out like that. So uh, it, it's on the it's on the rise right now. I love how you were we we're texting with our buddy Albert, and you're like, "Yeah, I tried to listen. I just couldn't get into it. I, I just couldn't. It's not for me." You don't understand the words, of course. I know that's what I'm saying. It's not for me. That's why I said it. it's not for me. And the and beat doesn't capture me. To me. Try? What? Any music you want me to try? Um, yeah, Saint John. Yeah, not gonna happen. It's really good. You gotta give me more. Like, what kind of music is it? Um, it, it's it's rap and hip hop, and he okay. he samples a lot of other songs, and it, it's. It is more like the the, you know, the Travis Scott auto tuned kind of music, but right. I think he, his production is really good. So I like it for that. I don't like it for the lyrics as much, but the production is great. Have you found a little baby song yet? No. Can you <laughs> name a little baby song? Uh, yes, I actually looked this up on another podcast. A uh, little baby song. Um, so he's really a rapper. It's not like he's fake. really it's a rapper. Like, yeah, and he's. he's I don't really known. cross reference. He's a rapper. I don't go to the wiki page. Oh no, like he's legit. He's like really, you know? yeah, yeah, legit and really popular as well. Um, I forgot the song's name, but I did look this up. So I, it's on me. I forgot. There was a time in 2005. I'd say I knew every rapper, the underground guys. I don't know Jack. I really you don't, don't need to anymore. I, I think I once you get past a certain age, you have defined your musical taste and what you like. And if something new comes along, you'll try it, but you're not going to go search for something that will that will kind of make you happy, right? Because you don't have enough time anymore. So that's why. That's I think that's what happens is you run out of time. When you do have time to listen to music, I'm going to go to what makes me happy. So I'm going to listen to that. Just remember, hardest working musician in the world, Bad Bunny. Yeah. Write it down. All right. I'll talk to you on Sunday. Eh, we'll see. Hopefully. I don't want to either. It's the Bears. <laughs> They're going to win, right? Yes, they yeah. better win that game. They better win. All right, man.